Welcome to Talking in Stations. This is Matterall. Uh, we are here with uh, Naros, who's going to be talking with us about his alliance fraternity and his coalition, Winter Coalition. We're going to find out all about the North. Uh, I'll introduce him in just a second. Big news today was, uh, actually there's a lot of interesting news going on today, but most of it has to do with uh, Helm's Deep, and that is the area in Delve that was kind of sectioned off as part of a fortress. And um, that was breached today, so we'll talk about that and how it was, and some of the new uh, doctrines that we saw today were pretty interesting. And a lot of that has to do with our guest as well. Uh, but, for, but we're also going to find out about um, Veil of the Silent and the Tribute and what's going on up there. It seems to be a confusing situation, so we'll try to get that straightened out today. So today on Targeting Stations, we have Naros. Okay, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Thank you, Madara. Good morning. Sure. Good. Glad you could make it. It's nice to talk to you. Uh, first, a little bit about fraternity and just to give us context on your alliance and your coalition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been doing okay ever since the war. But then uh, we've been pumping industrial and productions in Oasa, Paragon 4. But then, you know, CCP kind of made some changes. Um, about ores, anomalies, and then eventually the uh, bounties. So I reckon that Deep Norsak is no longer a place for the block. Uh, we have to figure something out. And I think well and Tributes is a good place for us in future. Right. So before you were living in Owasa, which was, uh, if we can look on a map here, I'm just going to point this out to people who weren't here when a lot of this stuff was going down. Um, a pretty nice section of space uh, in that it was relatively isolated and had hundreds of systems underneath one uh, jump range. So, out of passage or detour it? No. Oh, Asa, I was uh, in the wrong area. Well, you were in, in Detroit and Outer Passage before, and then after yeah. the war against Test, you came back to Owasa and you um, started setting up kind of an empire in Owasa. And you were saying after um, the changes that happened last year, the, the uh, dynamic bounty system and, of course, the resource updates, that the amount of money that you were making harvesting was, uh, what, cut in half? Was it like 50%? Yeah, 40%-ish. The active members are like 30%. So, so people don't want to log in. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge hammer. People don't want to log in. Uh, they have the mentality to accumulate to accumulate wealth, right? And if you take that away from people, they tend to stop logging in. And there's a serious issue about you know blowing up everybody in the game. I mean, not everybody. Okay, ninety percent of Norsec, mm -hmm. and you don't have much content in our own time zone, so we kind of suffered a bit from there. Right. Again, you're from the. Uh... You actually live in the Chinese time zone, I guess. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I live in Singapore at the same time zone as China. Right. So that's for for Americans, that's the middle of the night. And for Europeans, that's early morning. Uh, that would be like the, the old Russian time zone. Does the Chinese time zone fall right after downtime or before? Uh, downtime is 7 p.m. for the China. It's right in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's not a great, it's not a great time to play. People always think before downtime, Norris can come to this. I was like, no, sorry, we're in commute or dinner with family. But after downtime is really a prime time, mm -hmm. up to midnight, which is like sixteen hundred. Yeah, so that gives you some time. Uh, it's interesting how that time zone falls into the European time zone. Because we've, we've seen that have repercussions in the game before. Like BTECR started in Russian time zone or, or Chinese time zone, and then it rolled right into European time zone. And then it rolled even past that into US time zone. That's why the battle lasted 21 hours. Um, yeah. Right. But uh, so here's Owasa, and, and you can see it's kind of have, it has a nice range there. But you ended up moving up here into the north. Why did you decide you were going to move up north? Uh, 
we didn't have much option if you want the space that is near Losec and have a near NPC NPC soft station where you can do the NPC missions. Um, just not much choices for me, to be honest. I can either do Gemini, but that's a horse space, or yeah, that's pretty much of it. The tribute is the only place, basically, and well. Besides, we have space in Brunchy, so it's nice to, you know, Brunchy is a rental place. I don't plan to move from Alliance there anytime, but it's nice to have some cover for them. So yes. we kind of stage in tribute well, and we can secure the backyards easily. Mm -hmm. Branch is way, way up there, isn't it? Yeah. I don't like stage there. Like, nobody should. <laughs> it's too far That's away. Where Alliance died. It's still exactly too far away. No, no contents at all. Yeah. What's the advantage of a place like Branch and Tino? I can't see it anymore after the change. It's pretty much like Oasa. Uh, it's deep Nosek. Mm -hmm. You can grab in peace, but. Uh, the DBS is going to ruin you, and there's no ore in NOSAC anymore for you to mine. So you can have the strongest umbrella in the game, but there's nothing to do. Yeah, that's way up there at the top of the map. Uh, so instead, you move down to Tribute and Veil, which is uh, a classic systems or regions in EVE Online. Tribute and Veil have always been. Classic. Yeah, it's been, a dream, I guess. it's been something personal as well, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, I was in NC Dot, and uh, we lived there, but was nobody, nowhere like tribute that gives me the same drill. Is that your? Would you say that's your favorite region, tribute? Probably, yeah, tribute and curse. Curse for fighting, uh, tribute for living, probably. Curse is like a homesick as we you know, grow up. Is that where you started in curse? That's right. Yeah, that's where I started at least. Oh, when uh, when did you start? What era was that? Uh, that's uh, before BTEC R, two years, one year before BTEC R. So 2013. That's about, yeah. about then. Okay. 2012. 2012 something. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that was probably, I think, when EVE was really at its peak because it had a lot of different powers doing a lot of different things. And I missed that right on that, you know. Yeah. It seems to have consolidated onto like two sides or three sides or four. Yeah, yeah kind, kind of like where we're at now. But back then when you started, it was, and I was playing a lot, it was, um, it just seemed like there was a lot going on in different places. Yeah, it was like Middle Age Europe. Everybody's fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when I took over FRT, there was no choice for me, but, you know, either pick one, either pick uh, Panfan or uh, or Goonsworm. There was no CFC, actually. Right. Uh, yeah. Kind of, kind, of, kind of dull there. I don't like Nosek. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, is, is that what this war is about? Uh, because you seem to make a really cool speech when this war in uh, Delve started. You said something like, this is... A kind of war that's like the three kingdoms which is a yeah. chinese sto historical story you can already see that they um Declan and pure blind uh Volta is controlling it but i believe uh hanzo viper with variant score that wants to take a part of it it's like a early public everybody knows that mm -hmm. and then in the south you have immense and catch is really active today old and median and smaller size alliances are coming there to enjoy the uncle fights. So it's no longer a block level stuff. The the blocks doesn't control every part of NOSAC anymore. And right. even less anticipate after the war. So we will do reset. The relationship would be break and you know new relationships form up. Right. New opportunities for diplomatic yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I hope there's, I hope there's less diplomatic elements in future, but everybody can just fight their own little fight, you know. Yeah, FCs like less diplo diplomacy, and empire builders like less FCing, destroying diplomatic ties. Yeah. Um, but but you're thinking that um, 
it's already we're already seeing signs of groups breaking up and being able to uh to make their own fate and and that's a good thing i believe so yeah yeah and uh, of course in tribute and pure blind uh that was happening and then also in immensia you were saying and catch there's a lot of fighting going on around curse um okay but you are kind of uh i mean you got a lot of guys right so you're you're kind of a big player and you're coming into tribute and veil and um kind of taking the smaller guys yeah yeah that's a part of um that's something i'm afraid in future because we can see uh the smaller guys are very thriving right now in immense and catch in the north but after the war uh do you think the block will expand the borders i forgot that forgot used to say legacy gonna control 16 regions right do you think that's gonna happen to Panfen and Imperium wherever they're gonna go next after mm-hmm. the delve? No, I'm not. If you're asking me, I'm not sure they will. They have done that. I mean, uh, NC Dot and PL controlled um, NC Associates, I think it was, or what was it called? Yeah. N3. Northern Association. Northern Association. Yeah. They and have more was... space than MR Empire. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, it was the biggest empire I think we have ever seen, if I'm not mistaken. It just. But it was a lot of territory that like nobody really wanted or was moving around in. I think Lady Scarlet uh, was in charge of that. True, but a lot of space gonna be useless because of the BBS, hmm. right? If CCB doesn't change the um, the racial or how it regenerates, it's probably gonna deem to be useless in future. They don't they don't have Bounty and the Econ mine there, so what you gonna do with those systems? Let's actually look at that last one. I'll take a look at that monthly economic report that came out. Uh, actually, I'll do that in a minute. Let me ask you some questions because when you were in Owasa, you were saying that um, you essentially got to a point where you were making more money than Delve was. I think this is even before the war. But that's up. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Was that true or not true? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a way, like a very lucky coincidence and opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, when CCP introduced a super cap changes, they nerfed the EHP and then buffed Dread DPS. Yeah. So in Delft, they have two MVC constellations and like I don't know, a dozen stations. So, and then that group actively hunting Delft supers. You can't do that in your region, right? People yeah. have been scolding me for you know, hiding the deep null because we are all borders and nothing else but writing. That's the criticism, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then we move to Wealth, Silence, and Tribute. It's exactly the opposite thing that a bot would do. Uh, move directly under Jita Blobs range. You can literally undock from Jita and Blobs us now. So enjoying that part, dude. You want to come? Welcome. <laughs> you're, you're welcome to do that. Okay. Um, but when... When your income dropped by 40%, um, you said you might have moved a little bit slow to get out because uh, the writing was on the wall there, that NullSec itself was not going to be a place that you just sit and make money all by yourself out in the wilderness. So where do you think the game is going uh, if if NullSec is the way CCP is going in that you know that direction of scarcity? CCP hasn't been very consistent about their words, but if they're true of what they're saying, they want to keep a balance and uh, want to keep the risk. They want to keep the, you know, the, the rewards related to the risk. Then probably we can see more profitable stuff in, uh, in MPC, no sec and low sec. That's what I believe. Yeah. Are you, do you have any plans to get involved in low sec? Uh, not right now. I don't think I can share any if I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, everybody uh, must be making some plan to probably get, get what they probably. need. Yeah. Probably evict snuff. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Anyone? Is that, anyone want to team up? Is that just uh, daydreaming? So, uh, is is snuff a group you would want to go after? Uh, they hope pretty good. Uh, they have a pretty good range in in low sec to cover everything. 
So yeah. if you want to play in low sec, then I think either you're gonna stage in the relic. Uh, that's uh RC Wrecking Crew where they right now, or yeah. either you're gonna be in Himatar Modern Health that's on um, Siege Green. Right. Or you're in Black Rise, which is snuff out. Or in Aridia, that's uh Low sec man. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Those are the guys that they're the kind of the lords of low sec, right? True. True. There was a uh what is Shadow Cartel or some yeah. other groups thinking Placid? But they kind of disbanded or yeah. very inactive right now. Right. Yeah. I, they seem to be making a little bit of a comeback, uh, Shadow Cartel. I've seen a, a few of them, but um, not, it's, it's de- definitely not a determined thing. But, and they would be in Placid, which is uh, right over here, which is near Syndicate. And these two, these two regions play together. But Placid also goes right into Black Rise. So these two areas play together too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this another very classic low sec region. Yeah, a lot of activity in uh, in Black Rise all the way to Syndicate. I think I used to live right in the middle in Placid. I used to uh, live right si- outside of Stackman, which is a trade hub, uh, kind of right off a low sec pipe. Oh, but anyway, was that was that doing faction warfare? Like, it's not. It, it's not. It's just outside of faction warfare. Well, let's go into it because you could see it. It's. Uh, I want to talk more about you, but. But this yeah, is well, kind of, I'm kind of interested about like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This, okay, it. so Syndicate is right here, uh, as you can see. Let me actually make this a little bit bigger. And so, uh, and Black Rise is. Well, here's Syndicate too, but that's not where I usually go. It's uh, Black Rise in here. You're blind. Oh, I think you go through Verge Vendor to get to Black Rise. If I'm not, I must be mistaken. But uh, yeah, this whole pipe right here is like a freeway um, from Syndicate to Verge Vendor, and uh, then to Black Rise. And I, I think I was here in Stackman. Uh, I actually didn't live in Stackman. I lived over in this area. Yeah, this is it right here. Actually, bring this up on the. Um, look it up this way. That's the only high sec around, I believe. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little high sec island. Oh, this is really complicated to see this way. Yeah, you can hardly see it, but you can just see uh, there's it's it's very dense. Um, yeah, but it goes right to Syndicate. Here's the pipe that goes out to Syndicate, and it goes right into. Uh, faction war which is over here and i'm pretty sure pretty sure you could get to black rise from stackman or it was very close to yeah, it was very close i think that's way right that's way 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 uh, austin yeah. yes yes, yes, yes. the way and you yeah yeah this is Oh, here it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is the this is the pipe. And Ve is a kind of a jumping point. There's always a midpoint uh, for things. So, but uh, yeah, like people that have been out here, Rote Capel actually lived out here um, in Berling, uh, Barlegut. Here it was the home of Brave when they were doing their low sec thing, kind of when they were starting out. I think they actually moved back here. Eve University even had a a null sec campus yeah, here. Campus, yeah, right. Right, yeah, exactly. that way they could. They had a market there. It was so funny because you would go to this this market here, and everything was cheap, super cheap, because it was like handed out to brave guys, and they would just run to syndicate. The cool thing about syndicate, for you that don't know, is that syndicate has this little, um, we'll call it a honeycomb area. So it's really great to avoid gate camps because you have like three or four ways into every system, so you can just kind of run around things very easily. Uh, and so there's never know about it i only know this one name the system but that's a meme that's pretty yeah. much about all i know this is the ancestral home of goon swarm and they they grew up here because they recognize that advantage the other side of it is is long pipes uh that you know you get gate camped in these there was a time where gate camp was like instant death unless you were a cloaky bomber pilot uh, but yeah so that's 
trip down memory lane. But th that whole area is kind of nice. We'll go back out to the universal map. And um, it, it's nice because it has some faction war. You have some null sec. You have um, outer ring, which has... Um, yeah, exactly. A bit of everything. Yeah. That's what I want for my alliance in future. A bit of everything. You got low sec and high sec. MPC now. Solve now. Pretty much everything. Like, I don't... I don't really care how CCP changes, how they make the changes in future. I, as long as I have all the cars, then not too worried. Yeah, so you'll adapt whatever it is, but you want a variety yeah. of uh, activities. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So this is good because you're in, if you're in Tribute and Vale in this area, uh, this puts you just right on top of the Forge, which everybody knows is like, you know, the com commercial area of the Oh yeah, that's still. another thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your jump range, right? Like you can resupply pretty easily. Oh. But this triangle here is so effective, and uh, we'll talk about this in a second. But Ob here is in the forge, right? Uh, it leads to Hakonin, which leads to MTACO, and then Ob also leads to P3EN. So these two regions are very well connected to Forge, Lone Trek, and um, you know, tribute and veil. It's kind of like a little square here, and it's really good for supply lines because all this is within jump range. It's also, black ops range, as you said. I forgot about that. Um, so you put in a keep star in a classic system called MTAC O, or your was that your keep star or somebody else? Uh, it's uh, my allies, NSH. They bought the keep star. I just anchored it for them. I see. So it's NSH that has a keep star there now. Yeah. Correct. And that is right here. Uh, but your but the system is is it protected by you or do you have some kind of a um interest? Yeah, I, I mean uh, definitely we have a huge interest to invest in this re uh, in this system in the region. So I hold the I hub. Uh I guess that's a, that doesn't really, you know, mm -hmm. change a lot dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, right. NSH plan to live there for, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe long term, because they have a keep star now. Yeah. I have a feeling they're going to make themselves at home, just from what I hear from people in uh, Nilsechnia. Um, they intend to live there. It's so good for them. You can see here's the square that was represented on the map. This is pretty much the little square. Uh, P3N, Ob, and... Uh, Conan and Tacey. And this is a uh, vast industrial area in Losec here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Jan is it Janice that's there? I think. Let me see. Uh, Jan, the, the Treglavian invasion kind of. <gasps> Did it take it? Oh. No, no. But okay. it cut off the only. You see, there's no longer a connection between Jan and Navula. So uh, it's much longer if you want to travel to Jita now. Oh no, I didn't know that. These two were connected, yeah. I think. Or was it here? I forget. Oh, Jan. That's too bad. Uh, Navula was there. And That's right. Out. Oh, Navula was between these two. Yeah. Right. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Look at that. So Jan's a little uh, low-sec island now. <laughs> yeah, he's an island now. That's sad. That used to be where we would have a lot of factories and NC dot when we were living in the snuff being or a snuff friends of snuff they've been clearing out all the industrial structures around i i'm not interested in replant them here but that's a very good place if you want to do industrial because it's the same region that's obe is the same eastern forge right and hakonan is the uh, london trek yeah they can do the same in gnighton but this um I don't know. It just feel, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, interesting. The uh, that does change things. I know that uh, I don't know how much you know about this. I was just talking to a friend, and he was having his structures destroyed. He wasn't able to defend them. It looks like. And I was saying I've been hearing that a lot of structures are going down in uh, Empire space. Was it because the the core? I think so. I think the cores are really doing what they were supposed to do, which was make 
targets of every structure out there that belongs to people. Uh-huh. It might be doing too good a job because apparently there's a lot of structures dying. Uh, well, it's um, I'm not sure that's what CCP wants. Like they basically exterminate the small guys, even yeah. from high sec. But yeah. the core, yeah, it's a kind of loose pinata. Um, I want to do some, but don't have the time to do so. What I really yeah. want to see is that if structure is lacking a core issue, just go into abandoned mode. That's really the incentive because a lot of, I will have to admit, a lot of structures in FRT space doesn't have a core right now, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it doesn't change the defending mechanics. So why would you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, unless you're going to use it for military purposes, you don't really need that yeah. core. Now you do mm-hmm. if you put up a new structure, but if you have old structures, they really don't need a core unless you're going to use them. Uh, but yeah, look at these. Uh, this is just one day here. This is uh, yesterday, February 5th, and you can just see how many structures. That's kind of sad. Yeah. It looks like a, it looks like a very professional core is doing this. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. And 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 then the uh, day before that was a ton as well. Look at how many. We're talking like 20, 30, 40 structures per day. Yeah, he probably, he probably only looked for the high sec ones. Right? Yeah, well. No sec. Yeah. One more space has always been the sharks lurking around, evicting you. I was thinking low, low and uh, high sec, but definitely high sec. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see a lot mm-hmm. of these things. Wild. All right. Thanks for walking uh, with, uh, through this stuff with me. But let me ask you some more questions about your plans. Um, tell yeah, us what's go going on in, in uh, not pure blind, but in tribute. Who's living there and... Uh, who is who's on your side and and who's your targets and who's, ah, who's fighting you? Okay, I I'm not not into pure blind. I've never yeah, we no. never have an interest. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, probably another region. That's a uh, Volta, Bandalog, and maybe Hansel Viper in future. So those are the people you want to talk to. And my interest is mostly in tribute. That's right. So before Trigger Happy folded into Volta, they they owe the left-hand side of tributes, basically everything on the left, right? Mm-hmm. And they transfer those structures to Tata Paper, which is a French organization, and Quota Lines, that's a Russian, a smaller Russian group. They've been living together since forever. And you have Costco, which is a, essentially a renter program, all right? I'm not sure who they're paying, but definitely not me. <laughs> Yeah, they kept the AW1 I have just to have the jammer and Ansplex to defend. So after we announced we're going to invade this region and I've been chasing people for deals, see if they can, see if I can buy them structures and buy them out, you know. But mm-hmm. essentially they split on my face and say, no, we're going to fight to the end. Um, they formed this Freeman of the North Coalition. Did, it's pretty funny. Say- did they say why they don't want to cooperate they, or work with you? They... Uh, they think the price doesn't, they think the price is too low and doesn't worth the effort. And they think, they might even think that's a kind of insult. And you know, the price I offer was Jita buy for all the moon structures. I told them I won't buy um, Astro Hoos or whatever, rig it stuff that randomly, because it's a huge bill. Like if you want to buy out a whole region, I honestly can't afford that, right? But I would prefer to take this money into SRP and educate my members uh, to improve their skills and et cetera. Give them the, so give them the, than, chance, yeah. give them the chance to take it. Uh, yeah. yeah, to my members so they can take a fine and, re, uh, and improve, you know. And anyway, you have toilet paper staging D7 tech ZAC. Uh, it's basically now a permanent jammed system because... Um, they can't fight us without a jammer. It's in the middle, like um, right in the middle, right next to SH one, right? Oh. 
their EU time zone. So Voltas been helping them after we reinforced the fortress our first time. They formed six hundred people, which is true. Like there was an ongoing rumor about like six. I said something about six hundred um Odin's call. That was um. I don't know, kind of a twist. I said six hundred in total. Everybody, like Dark Side, the Vino Group, uh, Volta, even Losak people come in to help them. Yeah. So we pumped that for the timer, and we focused. Uh, after that, we focused on the U.S. time zone, which uh, Volta doesn't have a huge advantage over. So then we go after Mteco and J Gamp, which is a Rocapella. They are relatively smaller. Then toilet paper, they form, I think, um, 60, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, toilet paper can form 100. TP is French and they can form 100? Wow. They do. When we when we reinforce the uh, Fortisar, they form like 120. I still have the D-scan. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Good for them. Yeah. Oh, well, I was talking to this uh, Rocapel diplomat and... They were like, okay, give us a month to discuss and I'll give you back. Right. I was waiting and I noticed one day that they're changing the solvent though. Uh, and I was like, uh, that doesn't like a yes to me. A very sneaky moves. So we went to reinforce MTGO and JGAMP just to test their reaction. And they jammed the whole constellation. They formed 160 people. So I punted the timer. But a week ago, we re- reinforced that we NSH with the help of NSH, and we killed the IHUB in Namteco. That's about you know the turning point of this little deployment for us. Hmm. So they they basically said, "Give us some time," and in that time, they started making evasive maneuvers, changing their timers away from when you could fight. Mm-hmm. And so you decided yeah. to test them with uh, attacks on MTAC-O, what did yeah. you expect them to do? If not, I just want to see who they can bat from. I want to see the profile and the list, how much they can form, etc. before the real attacks. So it was a probing attack to see what they could do. Yeah, they're pretty competent at what they can do. Uh, in terms of median and small gain, they're pretty competent. So this is not a group you you don't want to play in their game in the into the like skirmish intosis. Uh instead you just want to put the heavy hammers like a capital on every node. That's how you're gonna play Intosis game with this kind of group. They're we too, reinforce the J Gamp. They're too small, too mobile, and very good at small game. Yeah, they're too say. skilled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're bigger. we reinforce the J Gamp and it comes out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I see. So I think 24 hours, no, 30 hours later after that. And they pin about, you know, we're going to fight this out. So we'll see. So they're going to try to show up, they say, but uh, you're not so sure. We'll see. And um, when did the Keepstar go down in MTACO? Right after we killed the I didn't. I didn't wait for out. Like, I didn't wait for a day. I just straight anchor that. Yeah. All right. For those just joining us, we're talking with Naros. Uh, I have his picture up, but I guess I don't have his name on there. He is leader of fraternity. And uh, if you don't know who Norris is, I, I'm going to embarrass him by saying he's he's a very interesting player in this game, and he's moved up uh, to a pretty strong position on the board, a uh, major part of leadership now if you look at all the empires, and uh, and also involved in... I mean, you fought a war against Vili and Test for a year, and yeah. um, you joined. Uh, you did diplomatic relations with uh, what Gobbins and uh, NCPL Vince and Headliner, and you also fought against. You were really the decisive hammer that came down on Sort Dragon's uh, Dead Coalition. I think when you joined oh, that war. Yeah, Ranger Regiment, man, the bunch of special kind. Yeah, <laughs> special card. Right, but you, uh, you definitely shifted the war into a different. Because I think they were I, not. I, what did I, you say? I, I like to think. I like to think that we are the last roll that break the camel's back. But um, the deciding forces, 
uh, NCPL has been, you know, in the same style fashion of soul for with the deco for half year, like before I come in. Yeah, they were pretty tired both sides, yeah. and suddenly you see, um, same times on eight times on nine is coming in in the eight. So I think that co at that point see the end of the day and well they say just what was fuck hard it. for them we're gonna hard, leave yeah hard for them to make progress against uh, dead coalition because dead coalition was uh, an Australian time zone and with um, the Siberian squad and uh, mm. yeah. forget who else was there it was very much a AU time zone Russian time zone Chinese time zone group. So it's hard for anybody to make progress against them except another group from that same time zone, which would have been fraternity. So you allowed that second second hammer, like they couldn't rule over that time zone anymore. And I think that's when they actually started to fall apart. But what's interesting about that war against, uh, it was kind of a revenge war. I think Gobbins really wanted to kill Sort Dragon. Vili stayed public. That's publicly. true. Yeah. yeah, is it true? It is right. Um, uh, at least for uh, for wins and governs and headliner, I think that's true. They really want the revenge after War B. The darkness um, bend the knees and basically sign a deal uh, back from each other, back from anybody else. So they gave up the faction for the Tsar and signed an NIP with Imperian. Yeah, that's kind of what ended the two thousand eight. Uh, battles, uh, these huge battles, um, uh, Sort Dragon kind of said, uh, I'll buy some time for the North so the Imperium can leave. The The North didn't want that time bought for them. Uh, so they were, I think they were really mad that he made that deal. I know they were really mad that he made that deal. And so instead of taking revenge out on the Imperium, they decided to take revenge on Sword Dragon. Well, you take turns, right? It take turns. Now they're turning into the Imperium. You can see yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Sword yeah. first. So there probably there probably more stories behind, but I don't even know yeah. that. Um, well, yeah. One public story was that Vili said that he thought Sword Dragon wasn't necessarily good for the CSM, and so he wanted to take away his voter base by destroying his coalition, and that was his move to get into that war. So what's interesting is that was the first time that we saw Test, Fraternity, and Winter Coalition. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And Gobbins that's, all that's working right. together. Yeah, true. I mean, that's probably when that's probably when Mitani starts to realize, oh, there's a you know a coalition in the back, like uh, start to merge. You know, well, these people could be one day sided together to fight us. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure he was uh, uh, aware of that. So it's interesting because that was like a practice run, maybe you could say, because now you have fleets, you have Horde and Test possibly seeing each other as allies instead of enemies, and that mindset starts to change. It's very difficult for a leader to just say, we hate these guys, and then the next day say, we love these guys. These guys are going <laughs> to help us. It's very yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah. You have to do it slowly and over time, and there has to be a reason for it. Otherwise, those guys will stop following you. Uh, as you as you know, you're one of the leaders. Uh, yeah. So, well, as far as I know, this this half year war really, you know, consolidated relationship between Legacy and Penfan, um, mm -hmm. especially after M two. You know, you're not a brother unless after you your supers are trapped together. It's like the real change brothers, and I believe the people in both coalitions start to realize, well, um, there's some good personalities within each coalitions mm -hmm. and like those people can work with each other without any problem and with pleasure even. Right. Uh, but you're saying that when you suffer together, it makes you guys, uh, makes a stronger bond kind of thing? It definitely. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about today because today something very interesting happened. Um, you, so there's this area in here. It is. There's this area called Helm's Deep, and if we look at, 
uh, INN, you know, this is, uh, we stand at Helm's Deep. So there was a bit of a ceremony in this fireside chat on November 7th, where I think this was written by, uh, what's his name? Moomin. And uh, for INN, and the article talks about Helm's Deep and how it's like where they're going to defend themselves. Mm. Kind of like there. For those that don't know, you can see this is Lord of the Rings with some adjustments. And Helm's Deep is a castle that they retreat to to uh, to withstand uh, the incoming hordes. And in doing so, uh, <laughs> there's a moment where the the castle wall is breached, and this is a a meme of you, Naros, jumping through a castle wall and exploding it. Uh, this is the movie uh, version, right? This is not the book version. I, but... I can't really take all the credit. So I love people <laughs> and their parts. Yeah. But what? But what happened today? Why are you the guy jumping through that wall and exploding? Yeah, but the IHUPs, um First of all, Seku and his predators and Peaceburg from Nzigot, they have a black black ops group. They've been camping Helm's Deep. Uh, even after M2, they were the ones who consistent and never gave up, right? They just bashed Jammers and Anstelex every day to a point that Guns decide, okay, we want to focus M2 instead of invest any more man hours in Helm's Deep. So they take down all the Jammers, uh, which allows Puppy to reinforce two of the IHUB. Mm -hmm. And the IHUB comes out in EU time zone, I think it's 1800 yesterday for me, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And Gunsworm immediately jammed the whole constellation, like they jammed the whole Helm's Deep after this IHUPs are reinforced. That's a good play. That, that, that's the right play to do. But um, if the hostile, if your enemy formed a couple hours earlier and reinforced this jammer, which falls right into the CN time zone, and there's not much you can do, we formed at 1300 which is five hours before the timer comes out and we reinforced every jammer in the constellation six system every jammer and we put down ours uh we put down three jammers in each system with a pause so the whole constellation is not jammable when the timer comes out and alice tried to form uh supers and subclaps to stop us in e3oi but he only had, uh, he only had super carriers and botanics. So there's not much of a camp if you can't really tackle or scram people on the gates. So we formed three hack fleets, uh, three million fleets. So we just burn straight, aligned towards IP. That's pretty much how we get through the gate camp. So you just kill the bubbles. It. Yeah, kill the bubbles, kill the sirens. Kill all the tacklers and just leave up to IP safely. Yeah. So uh, don't hang around and fight here, but make it uh, to uh, that's right. QC yeah. and ULA. These two systems were the ones that had the iHubs that were in trouble. But that was this morning or a few hours ago. A we few actually, hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was maybe. Oh, is that Tesla iHub right now? Interesting. Five hours ago. Uh, yeah, these are two test iHubs. Was that was that not part of the plan? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought PH, uh, sorry, test already have a lot of iHubs to keep. And I'm yeah. not sure how they can keep the ADMs. But yeah. They must like putting their name fun. everywhere. <laughs> uh, uh, it's their region. It's their region. They oh, want to true. live here, right? Yeah, as you can see, this is all still Goon Swarm here, and so is uh, a lot of this here, almost actually all of it. The only thing that's changed over is these two that have changed over to test. Unfortunately, the colors are almost the same. But now you can see how many iHubs are um, slated for reinforcement. What do you think is going to happen over the next week in this in this area that we have uh, called Helm's Deep now? Uh, I think that's a really dire moment for guns. A yeah. dire moment. Okay, that's true. I don't believe. I don't believe Pappy has the stamina to kill all of this I have they reinforced, but at least if you kill at least one I have in each constellation, then there's not much you know, it's leaky. It's pretty leaky after that. It's no longer how steep, but it's like Yeah. As long as they kill maybe like one B IP six V or Y five C and three nine P, it's 
pretty much game over. The three, these four constellations gonna fall pretty soon. So if you punch holes in it, um, why would you say that that would make the place fall? Like, is that because you can jump capitals in there and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. You can have unlimited reinforcement into the constellation as soon as you have one system that's non-jammable. Mm -hmm. And happy always have the uh, subcap number advantage, right? Yeah. That's what really matters in the Intosis war. Like, we might not be able to ham our 2,000 people into M2 Keepstar and kill it, but definitely if you put enough subcap on grid, you can kill a Nighthub event for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, at this point, if you guys have questions uh, for the fraternity leader, go ahead and put them into chat. I'll try to read some out. Um, so you Should I open are... the chat? Um, yeah, if you want to, or I can read them to you either way. Yeah, you can open chat and, and talk with them if you want. Oh, FRT snacks, the first thing I see. <laughs> okay. FRT snacks, yeah. Well, actually, Wormius there, and we'll give him the first question. It's more of a comment. I think he says, uh, FRT should ally with Imperium and take down the mega coalition. Uh, I imagine he means Pappy. Um, yeah, before the mega coalition comes to me. That's true. Uh, if the mega coalition really comes after me, then I will probably see that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's been talked about is that fraternity is going to end up really strong after this war is over because Horde's going to kill themselves against uh, the Imperium, and so is Test, or Test is going to die. What? However, it works out. What? This is this is what I've been hearing. This is a, not that it's going to happen, but this is what people have say when they talk about fraternity. That at the end of all this, fraternity is the one that's going to come out strongest because everybody yeah. will destroy themselves, and and you won't. That's right. I think that's a strong part of that like a real life xenophobia element here everybody is afraid of something that you really know about uh we speak a different totally different language and different time zone and we can't even reach reddit most of us can't so oh, it's interesting. Gonna, yeah yeah you can't do that in Vietnam, china even if we do we just you, know, you don't speak each other's language right yeah and there's uh, like a departing oh so you uh, think it's a little bit of an uh, uh like a Chinese phobia. Is that what Definitely. you're saying? Yeah. It's something it, playing part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think PH will explode himself by winning this war. The PH is stronger than ever. And test if um I think Laxi might have some problems, right? But um the war will probably help them out. He can really solve issues during pressure. Uh I believe Willie can take legacy to its right place. Uh, I believe he and Perga has this leadership ability to take that. So after the war, you can't kill Gunsworm, right? You, there's no way to kill Gunsworm. They probably, if they lose the war, they're going to go north or around Losak, maybe. Mm -hmm. Try to take back Delph after Panfan leaves. I don't know. But fraternally, it's definitely not, not going to be like the superpower after this war. We don't have other times on that sea. That's the first issue, right? You can't be a mega power if you only, if 80% of players are in CN time zone, AU time zone. There's no way. I tried that before in the turret. It didn't work out. Right. Here's a question from uh, Shikamura. Uh, and this was uh, something about what you said earlier. We, we kind of brought it up that this is the kind of a war of three kingdoms where things will shift. And so he asks, how does uh, Naros see the political landscape after the war? Um, really complicated. The, the good thing is about there's no pattern. There's no accurate way to foretell this. That's why I took part of myself into the war, because it's all unknown in contrast to the stagnation before the war. But I believe there's no way to kill Gunns. They will always come back at some point, somewhere. So the Poppy Coalition might, uh, they might persist longer than people expected. Just to keep, you know, not to make another mistake. Like after War B1, people immediately turn on each other. And Gunns, you know, 
timely slip into delve and rebuild and come back ever stronger. I don't think Pavi will make that mistake again. They probably united longer than people expect, just to keep guns in check, maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. So for, for those that don't know, this uh, giant coalition came together to fight at the time. Uh, it was CFC, but it, it was, or was it Imperium? It was actually Imperium, but right after it changed over to Imperium in the north. And it was the same players, pretty much as NCPL, Test, uh, but it also had CO2, which switched sides during the war. And um, yeah. that that ended in a, an eviction from the north, and that is why Goonswarm and the Imperium moved south to delve to rebuild yeah. an empire. And only yeah. Test, uh, only Pro God Legend came down chasing them, saying, we got to stay on them. And everybody said, nope, let's yeah. fight each other instead. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the same exact same group of people who organized the War B. Except for me, I wasn't in War B1. So I think they have learned their mistakes and probably won't make that again. Right. Now, somebody asked you here, were you on, um, I know the answer to this, but you should probably just answer, uh, were you on Serenity server? No. Nope. Yeah. So people assume things, but you've never played on Serenity ever. I play like a week. It doesn't really count, I guess. Yeah. What I made you, what made you play that, on the tranquility instead yeah uh, i i was in the state so it's like That's naturally right. that i play right you can't really access the game inside it takes a lot of vpn and that kind of effort yeah all right yeah, uh, but i've played insurgency once uh for a week um i do my own account just to see what people do on that server i'm curious uh you can be curious rightfully because I'm a Chinese, I want to know how like my Chinese dudes are playing in another server, how they do. And it wasn't really interesting. It's kind of uh, it's kind of boring. It's like the post-apocalypse post yeah. tranquility. Yeah, have the feelings. So I just quit. Yeah, never bother again. Right. And uh, ever since you've been in, uh, you've been sticking with uh, tranquility then? It takes a lot of time, so you don't really have time to play two servers. All right, I'll ask this question without reading it. This is dangerous, but uh, Elkantar says, "Ask Naros, what does he think about the post or the past war with Test, and how did he change his mind to work with them, and does he hold a grudge or not?" Also, say to him, "Most of us U.S. Westerners don't learn from past mistakes," and then he sticks his tongue out there. What do you think talking about your I'm gonna ask I'm gonna answer the second part first. Most of the Westerners don't learn from past mistakes. A, you have to understand this is from the Poppy Coalition is from very diverse demographic. So not everybody think the same way that you might do. I mean, even in the US, people there's a huge diversity there. Uh, people do learn from their mistakes. I mean, even goons do. Right. That's why they rebranded CFC into, into, into Imperian, which is a very successful move. If, if having like Mitani haven't built this community, there's no way they can sustain the whole server for half year. So in a way, his community is pretty successful. Right. Mm -hmm. And to answer your, um, my password with Tess and how did I change my mind to work with them? It's the, yeah. it's the, play to do uh, that's the uh, that's the oriental the asian part of the working. i mean it's the so, right way to work with test and that's the you know most profitable way to do at the point for frt yeah so answer that one more time because i didn't quite hear you got squelched but you said it's the right move to do at the right time that sort of thing yeah like it's the only chance to break if you want to break in period that's the only chance right i i tried to kill task and legacy in the past actually twice right mm -hmm. and i failed both times yeah and the second time there was even the imperial legacy mega coalition formed for that right so it's kind of boring if 
is there's the only way to kill one of each other is to make them fight each other. And and you will be a part of that. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. historical. It's pretty historical. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually your war, UALX, uh, for me was one of the great battles of EVE Online. I thought that was a really interesting fight. Ah. I mean, I have to thank UALX. It's a premier experience of getting your super caps trapped. So it's uh, a <laughs> we're prepared for M2. I'm not even worried after M2 because I know, you know, there's no way you can camp that many Titans at the same time. There's someone that ought to be get out. And the best way to make a breakout attempt it, um, is essentially my time zone, like before downtime, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty confident most of my Titans can get out. And Imperium never has have their supers trapped. They always were the winners, right? BTEC R, ULX, and now M2. They never have the super cap trapped. And we the opposite have some you know, superior experience about it. It's pretty helpful, you know. Right. Well that was a that was a big one. And uh I forgot that it was Fraternity that was trapped there along with the Pandemic Legion and stuff. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, and see, scare yourself. And we have Elo Knight to break us out. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, uh, MTAC 2 or M2TAC, um, how bad was it? You know, what was it like behind the scenes? It's not uh, over, I, but... Pro- yeah, I just got to say, it, was, it wasn't over. I probably shouldn't say this whole, <laughs> but it was a pretty dark, you know, and... Uh... A emo moment for a lot of the leaders. I think um, I, I I believe Willie has to speak up uh, in TSS as well. TSS mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the story. Yeah, a lot of people you can see they went at inactive right after the whole timer. It's uh, outrageous for the others because the server didn't perform and CCP uh, they reject to you know reverse this. I can understand both parts, yeah. But it's, uh, I'm glad we, you know, uh, come back after that. And the the pressure of M2 is pretty much over. We still have 120 or 30 Titans in there, but it's not really significant. We can't really fight without those Titans. And goons can't really just ignore this camp after putting so much effort, right? They can't just say, tomorrow, okay, boy, that's it. Um, it's not worth the camp anymore. Let's go focus on other things that's really important. They can't really do that. So M2 will be at least a long-term focus for them. Direct the attention, I'd say. Well, all right. Um, we could talk longer. We're going to have you on more often uh, now that you got a new mic that your guys uh, wanted you to get so <laughs> we could hear you better. <laughs> But uh, I want to say thanks very much for hanging around and uh, talking us through some of your past, some of your plans. You're in the north, you're in the south, you're all over the place. Uh, so it's good to see, um, you know, just how much you're bringing to the to the effort on both yeah. sides, content development and all that. Really appreciate that. So Naros, thanks uh, for hanging out with us, and thank you guys for um, tuning in today. Today was a big day, as as you know the. Walls of Helm's Deep were breached. We want to talk about something we saw today. We'll do this next time on Monday. And that was, we saw really the first time that, what are they called? Skybreakers or? Uh, the eating up skybreakers. They call the Mutalist Doctrine. Yes. What's it called? The what's Skybreaker. It the Skybreaker. Uh, Mutalists. Oh. It's the StarCraft II. Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't know that reference, but it's it's uh, well, the first time we saw uh, skybreakers, which are in Edencom ships, and a very interesting result. They really fried the heck out of really fast moving interceptors, um, and it's an unconventional fleet, but it was very effective today. And uh, we'll see if we see more of that kind of a doctrine shift, especially yeah, in Tosis. Definitely, yeah. All right. It had PH definitely Goblins has pretty high expectations of this doctrine. It's not just to you know to kill the insta warping interceptor. It has a lot more potential than that. 
And I'm very looking forward to see that. Nobody yes. has ever tried this before. No, and Gobbins, uh, and I know he brings people together to talk over the doctrine, so it's not always all his ideas, but he, he does a lot. He's a very good theory crafter, a former tournament player himself. He's always thinking about how things go together. So uh, I think I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does with this fleet. He was actually in the fleet itself today, which was uh, interesting to see. So Gobbins was out there with the Skybreakers seeing how it was working out. And they fried like 44 Aries, uh, which was amazing. All right, Noros, so nice to talk with you as always. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All I'll right, see you guys. Next time, guys. Okay, we'll see you next time. We're going to transfer you over now to Open Comms. They're having a bit of a party after uh, being out last week. So check that out and stay tuned for that.